0: pray as Simon comes to speak to us Father God we thank you for your word for your spirit in us and amongst us and we pray for Simon now as he leads us to to understand and apply what you want to say to us this day and we ask in the name of Jesus our saviour and Lord Amen well Uh, Jesus can walk on water. I mean, if you were going to tell a story so that people would believe it, would you put that in? Would you put the fact that Jesus can walk on water in the story? Um, either Mark is just going a little bit, just one step too far, uh, as he as he makes up a story about a, a superhuman, or actually this happened and friends the 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 fact that the world was changed in response to the testimony of the eyewitnesses uh uh strengthens my faith that these these things happened that a man walked on water now we use that as a as a throwaway euphemism oh he thinks he's so good he can walk on water you know which is code for saying he's that like he's that good that you can't touch Jesus. He is just that good. I, I think this is this is really the point of my sermon today. Jesus is just that good. Uh, this um, account is the ultimate. Do you actually see what Jesus? Who Jesus is? Do you actually see who he is? Today, uh, we have a piece of the gospel which contrasts Jesus' life on the one hand with the disciples' life. The way that Jesus. Uh, approaches life versus the way the disciples approach life. And there's a great big contrast between the two. The disciples are, uh, are working hard, uh, rowing across that lake, and they even miss the mark and don't even get to the destination that they're trying to get to. But Jesus is, continues to be something of an enigma. You, just, you never know what Jesus is going to do next or say next, unless, of course, you've read the book already. You know, but if you're reading for the first time, as you listen to Jesus respond to people in any of the gospel stories, if you watch Jesus do what he does next, it just you—you cannot pin him down and understand—he uh, does not—he just does not do life the way that you and I would normally do it. As one instance is that in the, as the story begins today, they've just—they're uh, just finishing. Uh, The miracle we looked at last week is the feeding of the 5,000. They've fed the crowd. They showed compassion on the crowd. Jesus, uh, through the hands and feet of the disciples, um, fed 5,000 people plus uh, with just, just a couple of pieces of bread and some fish. And they had more left over than what they began with. And then it's time to pack up and go home. And Jesus sends the disciples away. And they start rowing hard across the lake. But Jesus decides not to go with them. He goes up on a mountainside instead and prays. He's an enigma. You uh, can imagine what the disciples might be thinking. Lord, um, are you going to get in the boat with us? And you know, we, we don't know the fleshed-out conversation, but he's, surely he surely must have said, no, no, you go ahead. You go. Um, that's where you need to go. I'm going up on a, a mountainside to pray. The, the contrast between the way that Jesus does life with the way the disciples does life, I think, um, shines in this passage. Uh, do you actually see who he is? There's a famous old story, it's probably true, uh, it could just be legend, but um, there's an old, old actor, many of you know, some young people may not know him, but Charlie Chaplin, he's before my time, Charlie Chaplin, uh, and uh, a very distinct character. Like, his, as he plays his, um, his specific TV personality, you can know who Charlie Chaplin is. Uh, and there was, a legend, legend has it, that Char- there was a Charlie Chaplin look-alike competition. And lots of people came in trying to be Charlie Chaplin. And actually, the story goes that Charlie Chaplin entered the Charlie Chaplin competition. Um, and he didn't win. Uh, here we have God come in the flesh, displaying all the signs that ought to draw us to the conclusion that this this man is amazing, this man is more than a man, this man is God. And yet the disciples, like the like the uh, judges on this Charlie Chaplin contest, just don't see it. Just don't see it. I want to talk about uh, three three uh, approaches to this passage. Um, easy Jesus, hard disciples, ne- Excuse me, needy and needed. Uh, there's a, an outline. You can uh, jot points down there. The passage is printed out on the inside sheet if you'd like to make notes and scribble across the Bible passage. But... <clears throat> Easy Jesus, how easy it is! How easy it is for Jesus to do life. He walks on water. Um, first thing is about his prayer. Jesus goes up onto a mountainside to pray. Um, I don't mind sharing with you uh, that when I pray, I struggle to make them long prayer times. It's hard for me to sit down and, and pray for a very long time. Um, not if you if you share this kind of problem. Uh, I, I deliberately sit down. I pray, and I have things to pray about, and I bring God. I bring these things to God in prayer. But before too long, my brain has just been distracted by other things, and I think, oh, I should. I'll make a cup of tea, or I'll go and just write that email, or I'll just uh, do this or that. And um, and I I catch myself. I bring myself disciplined back to prayer, speaking to my Father in heaven. Um, but could I pray all night? That would be a, that would be that would be a very disciplined thing for me to do. Um, If you bet that I couldn't do it, I bet you I could do it, you know. But if it was just part part and parcel of my life, I'd find that very difficult. But Jesus, in this story, prays, and it's pretty clear that he prays all night. He has a, a time with his Heavenly Father that lasts hours and hours and hours. And he speaks. We don't know what the content of his prayer was. We don't know if it was a two-way conversation. I don't think it has to be. Uh, he prayed like he teaches us to pray. Uh, he knows who he's speaking to. He knows the character of God. He knows uh, the the he knows the um, plans of God, and he speaks to his heavenly Father about his plans, about what he's planning to do the next day, uh, and brings them to his Father, and he and he he. he you know, he fills his prayers with adoration, he fills his prayers with requests, and he fills his prayers with uh, with focusing on others. And give us today our daily bread. Just the, the prayers that he, he taught his disciples to pray, we can imagine what went on, but it, it blows my mind how easy it is for Jesus to have a relationship with God and to be in sync with him. He prayed all night, and friends, he even prayed while he was well aware of of the disciples struggling across the lake. There's Jesus on the mountainside. He could see the boat. We're told in Mark's Gospel that he could see them in the middle of the lake struggling against the waves. He saw his friends, his disciples, his students having a really rough, hard uh, go at getting across the lake. But Jesus doesn't put on his red cape and soar out there to, to save them. He sees it and he keeps on praying. I think that's a, a model for us. <clears throat> um, prayer, is a, prayer is a very important thing. Uh, and also that when God, God sees you struggling, his, his next action is not necessarily to swing out there and save you from whatever you're wrestling with. So Jesus, uh, easy Jesus, is an easy prayer. His relationship with God become, is very natural. Um, the second easy Jesus point is um, the elements he is in control of creation. He walks on water. It's just easy. Mark doesn't um, paint a flamboyant expression of it. He, doesn't, he just states it. Jesus walked on the water and was going to pass by the disciples. It's easy. That's how, uh, how out of this world Jesus is. When he hopped in the boat, the wind uh, uh, calmed down. It just happened. He hopped in the boat and immediately the wind stopped, just because. We know in a, a couple of verses, I'm going to come back and refer to this again in a second, but only only a, a chapter earlier, Jesus hopped into the boat with the disciples and he stood up and he told the wind and the waves to, to be calm and to be quiet and the wind and the waves obeyed him. Jesus is in control of the elements, um, much like God the creator is in c- control Of the elements and the third thing about easy Jesus is his care for people at the beginning of the story we're told that Jesus sent the disciples away in the boat and he sent the people the crowd the great crowd away if you look back in the context just earlier the disciples were having they were having all sorts of troubles with the crowd they had decided after after the disciples came back on mission and gathered around Jesus and told Jesus everything they'd done uh, Jesus said that's awesome let's go and have some rest but we're told in Mark's gospel that they couldn't get that rest because the crowds were coming and they couldn't even ha- stop and have something to eat and so the crowds being present has been a bit of a issue in Mark's gospel just for the last in the in immediate context and then they stay and Jesus Preaches to the crowd and they stay and they stay and they stay and Jesus is preaching and the the disciples say Jesus it's getting late everyone's hungry send them home Jesus says don't send them home let's feed them and so they have the feeding of the 5,000 that's last week's passage do you see that the crowds being present has been a little bit of a a predicament for them all but in this passage Jesus says to the disciples you go off in a boat and then in just a, a sentence it says that Jesus sent the crowd away He's not sending them away hungry. They're not like, oh, thank goodness, we can go and get something to eat now. They're well satisfied. They could stay for another sermon. But Jesus just sends them away. His, his direction to the people is not a struggle. He doesn't actually need the disciples to tell him what to do or how to control the crowd. Just one man sends a crowd of 5,000 plus home, and off they go. When he gets uh, onto the lake, he's walking across the lake, and he see, he's about to walk past the disciples, and the disciples see him, and they freak out. And Jesus, rather than keep on going um, uh, in a huff and think, oh, those fools? They don't know what they're talking about," he he sees their terror and he turns around and he calms them down. He says, uh, "He says, uh, don't be don't be scared, don't be scared. It's I," and uh, and he calms down their hearts. And then when he gets to the other side, he's in the boat. He gets to the other side, and the crowds come, and we have another. Um, montage of many many people just rushing to Jesus and if we could just touch his cloak then uh, everything will be fine and he lets them do it and and it's and it's that easy for Jesus he has uh, this relationship with God that is um, that I'm jealous of you know he has a, a, a relationship with creation that I cannot have and he has a power and care for people like nothing else these things are just all easy for Jesus piece of cake doesn't even break a sweat in all of these situations. Jesus wasn't just doing life well. He was soaring, a bit like the creator who's come down to live on the planet that he created. This is how good, this is how easy it is for Jesus. Um, God, creation and people. He has, he has all of that uh, in the bag, worked out. He's the boss. On the contrast to that are the disciples. <laughs> and you have to giggle at, uh, at the, the great contrast. We have the, the hard disciples. Uh, they were straining at the oars to get across the other side of the lake. They were hard at work. Getting across that lake was hard for them. Now, that's fine. They're, they're human. We don't want to uh, criticize them for being human. We praise and glorify Jesus for being God. We're not going to cr- criticise them for being um, for being human, but I just I want to draw the attention back to that story a chapter ago, when G- when when Jesus had been had finished preaching to a crowd, and then he he said to the disciples, "Let's go to the other side. Let us go to the other side." So, first thing is that Jesus made the decision that we should cross over. Okay, I'm, I'm referring to a, a passage uh, just. Uh, Um, in chapter 4, the end of chapter 4, he finishes preaching to the crowd and he says, "Let's, let's go over the other side, his decision. And then we're told straight away that they take Jesus just as he is in the boat and off they go. And Jesus goes to sleep in the back of the boat. You know the story? It's the story of Jesus calming the storm. But at the beginning of that story, we're told that the disciples take charge. Jesus says, let's go over. The disciples then take charge and they take him with him across the lake. So they're crossing a body of water and the disciples... Uh, take lead. They put on their, their captain hats and they, they skipper uh, the boat across the lake. Of course, you remember the story the storm uh, swells and they're terrified. They're scared for their lives. They wake Jesus up from his nap. They say, Don't you care that we're going to drown? He gets up and he tells the storm to be quiet and be still. And, uh, and they then ask the question Who is this man? That's the question at the end of that story. Now, just a few things have happened. Jesus has sent them on a trial mission. He's, they've seen Jesus heal a, a woman from a 12-year-old sickness. They've seen Jesus raise a child from the dead. They've seen Jesus uh, uh, feed uh, 5,000 people. They've seen Jesus do all these miracles. And then when Jesus sends them off on the boat, they get in the boat again and across they're paddling. They're working hard to get across the lake. I can only imagine that Jesus is up on the mountainside just waiting. Perhaps part of his prayer is praying for the disciples that they might see who he is. But they are hard at seeing. They're hard at work to get across the lake. That's, what, that's the nature of humanity. Uh, they don't have the miraculous powers to walk on water, but they're straining at the oars. But when they do see Jesus, they're hard at seeing. They don't recognize him. This is a key word because when they get to the other side, we're going to hear that the crowds recognize Jesus and they come flocking to him. But when Jesus walked on the water, just just out, just in visual you know, reach of the disciples, they don't recognize him. They're hard to see. Jesus is about to pass by. You, you might want to make something of that, that he's passing by, that there's a reference back to Exodus when God said to Moses, I will pass by and you will see my glory. You'll just get a, a glimpse of it. I'll cover your eyes. You'll just get a glimpse of my glory. Here we don't, we don't have the disciples, being, their eyes being covered. Jesus is going to go by and, and, and display all his glory of walking on water. But rather than recognizing Jesus to be God in the flesh, they think, they presume that he's a ghost. Their mind goes straight to myths and legends not to truth and reality. Uh, this is an out-of-this-world a thing. It must be a ghost. If they were living in the middle of America, they'd probably think it was a U- an alien, a UFO. Um, cheap jab at America. I apologise. Uh, love you, brothers over there. Um, but Jesus then stops and says, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Just as you could make something of the passing by of Jesus, who's passing by the boat, uh, you could make something of the it is I phrase that in the Greek uh, it is literally I am. He says I am, which in other parts of scripture we would go to town on that and say Jesus is declaring right there that he is God. He's using the same phrase that he used to a- of Abraham. Um, most translations don't translate it I am because it doesn't make sense in English and so you need to make a decision. Is, is that Are we to make something of that? I think we can make enough of it to mention it in a sermon and let you go home and ponder it. Is Jesus, is Jesus waiting for the disciples to, to put all the things together and see that he's not just a rabbi, not just a good a prophet, not just a, 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 a man of God, but that he is God come in the flesh? We're told what's wrong with the disciples. We're told that they had hard hearts. Famously in the Old Testament, you know, if you know your Bibles, if, you, if you've been to Sunday school, you might think, who in the Bible is famous for having a hard heart? It is, P H A R O A H. Someone say it. Pharaoh, thank you, thank you. We are awake. Uh, Pharaoh had a hard heart. What did Pharaoh? Pharaoh had every opportunity to see the glory of God, to see that He is no match to the God who uh, turns the Nile into blood, who sends the frogs, who sent you know all the plagues, the ten plagues of Israel, all those mighty acts of God. They and Pharaoh's heart just get hardened harder and harder we're now given a comparison between the disciples and someone like pharaoh who is given every opportunity to turn to jesus and say you are you are the lord you are the christ you are the messiah you are god and yet we're told that their hearts were hard because they didn't understand the loaves they did, they've just seen the miracle of jesus feeding the 5000s and then they're not putting two and two together jesus is sailing across the, the, the lake, soaring, if you like. The disciples are paddling hard and they still miss the mark. Do you notice that Jesus sent them off to get to one destination and they land in a different destination? Uh, it's just a silly little detail, but it, perhaps Mark is saying, look, the, the, the disciples, are, are, they're listening to Jesus, but they're not getting there. Um, we are all needy, and we're all needed. When you get to the last part of the story, and uh, the crowds from the other side of the lake, they recognize Jesus, and they come from all over the place, um, bringing their sick and their 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 needs. And all the crowd are needy, and they need Jesus. Uh, one thing a friend of mine taught me once uh, is that you and I, we are all needy. We're all needy. Uh, when you when it comes down to it, we all want things from other people but we're all needed as well it's a wonderful pastoral um, piece that I'm sharing with you that doesn't have a direct correlation here but I'll just throw it out there that uh, we're not all just needy we're also needed um, but we're all not just needed, we've got to recognise that we are all, each of us needy and that's how, that's how we uh, can relate with one another but in the context of this story, the hard truth of the matter is that when it comes to us and Jesus, we are not needed. We're not needed. The disciples are not necessary for Jesus' ministry. He got across the lake on his own. He's healing the crowds on his own. He could have fed the 5,000 on his own, but he invites the disciples in. He sent the disciples on mission. He... Uh, he. He, he finishes the journey across the lake with the, with the disciples in the boat. Rather than write them off and think you can't even recognise me, you think I'm a ghost and write them off. No, he gets in the boat, says, "Take care, take courage. I want you to see who I am, and I want you to be on mission with with me." The hard truth is that we are not needed by God, but God invites us to travel with Him and to do ministry with Him. We need Jesus. The one whose relationship with God is unbroken. That his connection with creation is as one with power and might. And with the one whose care for people is second to none. We need him. That's the relationship between us and Jesus. He doesn't need us. We need him. But he invites us to be in a relationship with him, to do life with him. He's the Son of God and He wants us to see Him. Jesus is being awfully patient with His disciples. I think in this passage we see the patience of God with with the disciples who are still slow to see Him. They ask the question back in Mark chapter 4: Who is this man? Two chapters later, they're still, they're still wondering. Jesus is patient. Friends. I want to ask you two questions for, for two different um, audience members here, two different types of people. Um, the first one is, when will you see him? When will you see him? I don't know who I'm asking that question to. Uh, when will you see him? Not just as a, a person on a page in a book that your church talks about every now and then. We sing songs about this about this person. But when will you see him as Lord, the creator of heaven and earth, and the one who came into this world to lay down his life so that you can have a relationship with God and pray to God uh, freely, have free access to him? When will you see him? What will it take for you to hand your life to Jesus and say, you you get me across the lake? You're the skipper. I, I, I know how to row really hard, but you know how to walk on water. I, wanna, I want you to be in the boat, driving the boat, um, skippering my boat? When will you see Jesus? Friends, the second question is probably to a different section of the congregation this morning, and that is, um, think of the people in your life who you are waiting for them to see Jesus. Uh, I want to ask, who are you praying for? We don't know what Jesus prayed for up on the mountain, but I, I, it wouldn't surprise me that the disciples weren't in his prayer. Is that the right question? Have I, have I done too many double negatives? It wouldn't surprise me and learn that the disciples were at least part of the content of his prayer as he watched them struggle and wrestle across the lake and he prayed for them not just to get across the lake but that they would see jesus that their hearts would be opened and they would know jesus i wonder if you are praying for people in your life and i want to encourage you to have the patience of jesus in this matter Uh, if they are showing signs of hard-heartedness Keep praying. Keep praying and be patient in God's timing. Um, I stumbled across this week uh, something that Tim Keller, uh, uh, an illustration of Tim Keller's where he described the Christian life, uh, he compared the Christian life with a, um, a, a sailing boat. And he said there, there could be four, four ways that you are doing the Christian walk, the walk with Jesus. You could be sailing. Uh, Sailing would represent someone who has adopted Jesus as their Lord, loving him even in the struggles of life. You are leaning on him and not forgetting uh, that he is all-powerful and all-caring. That's to sail as a Christian. You could be rowing really hard. You're still in the boat. You're still working. You're striving. But, friends, perhaps you need to be reminded that God is a God who listens to prayer and who who knows your needs and your your strains and your struggles – And help him, uh, help him by uh, allowing him to help you. Um, You could just be drifting. You could be tired of rowing. You're exhausted. And you're in the boat, but the boat's going who knows where. And you're drifting because your eyes are being taken off Jesus and you're no longer striving with him, even struggling with him. Or in fact, the fourth one is you're drowning. It's... The the, 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 um, the the eyes of faith that see who Jesus is and what he means to you are long uh, in the past and the fact that you're here to now, today in church is perhaps a miracle. Um, friends, the way out of this is not to row harder but it is to put the sails up and turn to Jesus and to live for him. Do you see him and do you love him and do you praise and worship him? Let me uh, close in prayer and praise of who Jesus is. Father, thank you so much for the stories of Jesus, the accounts that we have here in Mark's Gospel as well as in the other Gospels. And this story, Lord, uh, hits us in the face of wondering, really, who do we say Jesus is? Father, I pray that you'd open our eyes. Lord, help us to see what is true and to respond truthfully to that I pray, Lord, that uh, for those who are still wrestling with the idea of who Jesus is or giving their life to him, I pray, Lord, that you'd soften their hearts and, uh, and, and create new hearts in them. Take out the hearts of stone and replace them with hearts of flesh. I pray, Lord, for those among us who are praying for uh, loved ones, friends, family, uh, who are still yet to see Jesus as their king and saviour. Lord, help us to wrestle with prayer. Help us to take Jesus as our model, and to and to pray long and hard uh, for those who um, who we know and love. And we pray for all this in Your Son's name, Amen. We're going to sing. We're going to sing.